0: do that if you're visiting with us today. So today we're going to welcome Manuel as he comes to share with us. Come on, let's give it up. This guy, this guy has been with us since the very beginning, way before the church launched. He actually, he actually came. He got hit up downtown by one of our, our college kids, um, talking about our church we were going to plant. And um, next thing you know, he was over at Coffee Talk, a little venue that we had that we talked about the scriptures and prayed together. And and Manuel's been with us ever since then, so I'm sure...
1: All right, thanks, PG. Yeah, that coffee talk, that was was awesome. I used to just come for the, you know, celebrations, the big meals we had, uh, temporarily, and then, you know, (laughs) that's uh, what brought me in all the way. You know, as a uh, poor missionary student, uh, you get any meal you can, amen? Right? (laughs) All right. Well, it's it's great to be here today. P.G. and I actually have been trying to figure out a time where I can come and uh, speak. And uh, it was not so easy because uh, in the month of May and June, I was over in Germany and England um, preaching in three churches over in Germany. They sent their greetings. I love being able to connect with believers all over the world. And um, then also went for um, a spiritual formation course, Christian spiritual formation course with Tim and I are taking uh, right now in Youth with a Mission, like an online course where we do some intensives in England. Actually, the um, call and response that Tim did for us is inspired by the things we're learning, and I thought that was really exciting that he did that. Um, and I also want to thank you so much for uh, standing with us over the last year. Many of you know we were in the process of uh, purchasing a house for our ministry to international students. Uh, we host international students and scholars. For ministry, about 75% of internationals never seen American house on the inside. And it's a wonderful opportunity to actually just put a meal on your table, build friendships. Uh, we, had, uh, we just saw off our friend Shashi, who was an international or an Indian researcher here at the UW. She's going back to Qatar, where her husband is a trauma surgeon. And it's wonderful to build relationships that way. We want to thank uh, Stephen, and Vanessa making the house available to us and being very patient with the process, Josh wonder used to come here. Was the contractor. I want to thank all of you for praying, giving, making this possible. Because to build the kingdom, it really takes many, many people. So thanks for that. And I want to ask you to continue pray for us as we work out details and what the new things are that the Lord is doing uh, through this house at the near south side, as well as uh, some financial needs that we're still trusting the Lord for. So thanks so much for our prayer and standing with us, friends. Um, In Germany, the first Sunday I preached there, one of the supporting churches actually wanted to hear the whole story. So it took about 45 minutes to tell the whole story of many, many, many miracles that the Lord did to make this possible. Won't have time for that today, but maybe we can sit down sometime um, and we can talk about some of the key events Matt praying for us last summer and just amazing stuff the Lord did. But uh, anyway, so thank you. Um, Isn't that nice? Isn't? You know, aren't you thinking, why am I in church, why am I not, you know, in my canoe? Well, because this is valuable, right? No, you you value this, and that's good. Uh, So um, since, I'm talking about this picture up here, yeah. Uh, Since January, as I said, Tim and I have been involved or enrolled in this Christian Spiritual Formation course, and it's been such a rich experience. We've been studying uh, church history. We've done projects on church fathers, desert fathers that we called Friends from the Past. Makes them very approachable, intense people that uh, are largely responsible for our faith today and the things we take for granted like Jesus being fully man and fully God, the doctrine of the Trinity, amazing stuff. Um, and we've been discovering practices from the past, uh, certain things that have helped people build their faith and their discipleship over two millennia, really. Uh, We've been greatly inspired by things we've learned. I'm going to give you two nuggets before I get started, because they're awesome. There's this uh, church father called St. John of the Cross, and he talks about missions. And he says, missions is putting love where love is not. I thought that was a great definition, really inspired me. I've been a missionary for almost 20 years, and uh, sometimes you come up with these elaborate mission strategies, but to simply say it's to put love where love is not, is actually a really wonderful way of saying it. Another thing uh, that I was inspired by is Scott Warren in Difference Makers, where he talks about being a faithful presence. And especially now that we're doing kind of incarnational ministry, if you will, through a hospitality house, being a faithful presence in your neighborhood, at your job, wherever you are, was such an encouragement to me, and it's for all of us. You are called to be a faithful presence wherever you are, to shine the patience love of god Uh, you know you don't have to be a pastor for that you don't have to be a missionary for that that's our calling as a church and those things have been very encouraging but then there's one discipline that really changed my life and that's what i want to talk to you about today Uh, it's the discipline of unhurriedness and my laptop is yelling at me unhurriedness is not a word yeah but uh, <laughs> it's a concept that I will explain to you as we go along here. And I think it has the potential to change your life as well. And that's my prayer for the day. Uh, I came across this concept actually in a book by uh, John Ortberg. Uh, that book is called The Life You Always Wanted. The Life You Always Wanted. It's basically about spiritual disciplines that help you uh, grow in your faith and grow as a disciple of Christ. And in his chapter, The Unhurried Life, He talks about, he tells this story that I'm gonna tell you. He just moved to Chicago to start a new ministry there and he called a mentor to get some input. And he asked his mentor, What must I do to be spiritually healthy? anybody ever asked that question? What must I do to be spiritually healthy? If you haven't, it's a good question to ask. What makes us spiritually sick, right? And after a long pause, the mentor responded and said, You must ruthlessly. Eliminate hurry from your life. I know ruthless and, and hurry is hard for Germans to say. So I'm going to try to say it again. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Ortberg said, okay, I've written that one down. That's great. Uh, what else? And his mentor said, there is nothing else. And Ortberg said, I wanted to cram as many wisdom pieces into this phone call as I could uh, I was hurried, I wanted to get on to my next thing, but that's all he gave me. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. But why? If you think about it, we live in a hurried world, right? It's funny, in the 1960s, experts thought that by 1990, Americans would have nothing to do. Technology, te- technological advances would have eliminated most of our work week. We would all work about 10 hours per week and we just would not know what to do with all our free time. Yeah, pretty funny, right? When you look around now, 60 years later, uh, you could say we're more hurried than ever before. (laughs) So, something did not quite work out the way they predicted. And, uh, you know, we will buy anything that will help us hurry. Uh, The shampoo that rose to the top of the sales list was a shampoo that combined shampoo and conditioner. So you don't have to rinse and, uh, and rinse twice, right? Uh, Domino's became the number one pizza chain because they promised delivery in 30 minutes or less. And their CEO even said, look, we don't sell pizza, we sell delivery. Uh, There was this Detroit hospital that said, if you come to us, to the ER, and you're not seen in 20 minutes, your visit is free. As soon as they offered that, uh, business went up by 30%. We love things that help us hurry, right? We love fast food, When McDonald's came up with fast food, that was great, but not enough. When they came up with the drive-through, it changed everything. Right now, we can eat and drink in our cars, as nature intended. Uh, And yeah, and we can get our coffee in the drive-through. Even though that doesn't really help you to hurry, does it? You know, uh, at least lines at Starbucks, which, I, of course, I don't go to because, you know, Yolas is much better. Uh, but it doesn't help you hurry. <laughs> Pharmacies, right? We don't have to get out of our cars. Uh, I love flying when I have at least gold status with my airline because I get to go to Sky priority and I don't have to go where the regular people go, right? So I can rush through check-in and then I can go to TSA pre-check. I can leave my shoes on, leave my laptop in the bag and just rush through, right? It's, it's great. It's a wonderful thing. I actually picked up my niece the other day at the airport, and I had to go to the United counter, which I don't fly, and uh, I had to go through the regular line at the Madison airport. It took about 30 minutes. Yeah. I know, shocking. It normally takes like two. So uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong, you know, I, I love things that make life convenient. I love things that help me save time because time is precious. But what we have to realize is that... Hurry takes a toll on our spiritual well-being. Hurry is actually the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. It can destroy our souls, and it it can keep us from living well. How so? Well, in our spiritual growth, we need to renounce hurry over and over again. First of all, God is not in a hurry to change you. He is... Very patient, right? Uh, and when it comes to us, we are most, most of us are not in danger of renouncing our faith. Uh, the danger is that we get so distracted and sidetracked that we just settle for like a mediocre version of our faith, right? So we suffer from hurry sickness as we rush from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next Uh, And it means that we try to accomplish more things in less and less time. Are you with me? Maybe that's not your problem. I I know for sure when I read this, this was very convicting to me and it changed my life as I said. So I hope I'm talking to some of you here and that this is helpful for you. Right? Uh, And in this pursuit of meeting all our expectations and everything we have to do, anything that wants to slow us down is seen as the enemy, you know, maybe spiritual warfare depending on your theology, uh, opposition and it will be met with outbursts of anger and frustration. Right? Don't believe me? Go down the belt line any time of the day and uh, (laughs) observe people's behavior. Don't look too closely though because you may uh, see me behaving in ways that require (laughs) contriteness and uh, confession and repentance. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a time optimist and somehow anytime I want to go somewhere I feel like it should go much faster than it really does, you know, and so I feel stressed, I try to speed up, I break the law by speeding. Uh, where's Jason? <laughs> and uh, maybe I even wish bad on my fellow man that share the road with me, right? Uh, so, the other problem is that ultimately, hurry will keep us consumed with the cares and riches and pleasures of life, but prevent us from the life of Christ taking root in us. Does that make sense? So Jesus repeatedly would withdraw from the crowds to a deserted place, and he would tell his followers to do likewise. Let's have a look at this in Mark six thirty-one. Mark six thirty-one. It says here, Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. But really what the verse says, or the verse before that says is, Then... Because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them this, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. The disciples were so busy, they didn't even have time to eat. There were so many people. And Jesus said, come away. And you know, I've been in many uh, situations like that in our mission work where you get so busy and, you know, so much to do that... You even skip a meal and you go like, wow, that, that must give you extra brownie points in heaven. God must be really impressed, right? But the reality is, he says, come away, find some rest. And we cannot follow Jesus if we're trying to run faster than him because by definition, you cannot follow, uh, you, can, you cannot go faster than the leader if you want to follow somebody, right? So, so what we have to realize is this does not mean that we will not be busy Jesus was actually very busy right you look at all the things he did he had a lot to do but he did everything he had to do in such a way that it never severed the life-giving connection he had with the father he was never so busy that he couldn't give love where love was needed which reminds me of what Tim led us into this morning you know, how many times do we see people that we know are going to ask us a question we don't want to be asked? They're going to ask us for somebody we don't wanna, for something we don't want to give them. Why? Because it's an inconvenience to our schedule. We're hurried. Right? Um, there's this concept of Godspeed. Godspeed. I actually never knew what it meant. I, I came to America in 2001, and sometimes when you go, people say, Godspeed. And I was like, Thanks. No idea what it means, still don't know what it means actually, but uh, here in this sermon, <laughs> somebody can enlighten me later, here in this sermon, God's speed is three miles an hour. Why? Because when Jesus was on earth, he traveled by foot, and the average person travels on foot three miles an hour. Uh, now, I'm not saying we should all be like Jesus when it comes to, you know, transportation, because we do have advantages today, um, and you know, Philip, the disciple at one point, even was like taken up by the Holy Spirit and put somewhere else. That's like, you know, we still have to invent that type of travel. Pretty cool. But uh, Jesus traveled at three miles an hour, which means he made himself available to be interrupted. And he took time to love where love was needed. Uh, we frequently see Jesus being interrupted and responding in love, right? Think about this uh, moment where the kids come, like parents bring their kids so Jesus could bless them. Remember that? What do the disciples say to them? Oh, the master is busy. Go away with these kids, right? And Jesus said, what are you doing? Let the kids come to me. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He has time with them. He plays with them. He blesses them. I don't know what your view of Jesus is. Sometimes you have the stoic view of like, peace be with you. Let the children come to me. When you play with kids, you don't say, come to me. It's kind of creepy. He probably had a lot of fun with them, right? Played with them. (laughs) threw him around i don't know you know bless them some of you have funny funny view of jesus right um, <laughs> jesus most of jesus's ministry was unplanned and it was simply because it was a ministry of availability a ministry of availability and um that's what i want to encourage you with is that that's something we can do too well you don't know my schedule man well i don't you're right but there is a few things that I want to talk about today that can help us be more aware of the things that are happening around us because God is working all the time. Do you know that God is working things in your life right now that if you only saw like 10% or the tip of the iceberg of that, you'd be like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I can't believe I connected with this person. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this came about. Amazing stuff, right? So, uh, for me, myself, I'm trying that more to make myself available to God, lift this minister of availability. Before I became a professional missionary, I feel like I was much better at that. (laughs) I remember this time in Frankfurt when I was actually working in a drug rehab, and I would have like a two-hour lunch break every day in my 11-hour day. And so I would just go out into the shopping area, uh, basically every day just to hang out and see what the Lord would do. And uh, one time I felt this nudge to talk to this homeless guy that was sitting there begging. I said, ah. That was actually a day where I didn't feel like it. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about this, Lord. And this feeling got stronger and stronger. I ever experienced that. And so I, uh, I went back and I asked him, Hey, man, would you like a Deutschmark, which is what we had before the Euro, or would you like a coffee? Thinking that probably he just wants the money and I did my thing and I'm good. He's like, I'll take the coffee. I was like, okay, great. Let's go have a coffee. And as we had a coffee, we talked. And he said, yeah, my name is Willi and I've been here in Germany for about two and a half years, and you're actually only the second person that ever talked to me. I came from uh, Slovenia, where I was supposed to enroll in the military service, and I didn't want to do that because of the wars there. And so they said, well, if you don't enroll, we're going to say that you're crazy, and you won't get a job anywhere, ever. And so that's what happened. So he came to Germany as a refugee and was homeless on the streets of Frankfurt. Uh, we had this coffee. He was deeply impacted by just me taking time for him. That's all I did. And I invited him to our church, the Jesus Freaks. Uh, he actually came. <laughs> yeah, pretty edgy church. Uh, he came. Uh, he gave his life to the Lord, became part of our community. A couple of months later, he got baptized. And uh, the Tuesday after his baptism, he got picked up by immigration services and got deported, um, which was very heartbreaking. But it was just like... As I was thinking about stories, where have I actually seen ministry of availability make a difference in my life? That story came to mind, and I wanted to tell you about it, because we can all take time, and what happens with the time we take when we make ourselves available? It's not up to us, right? But you never know what the Lord will do. (laughs) One other funny thing, I remember talking to Martha Sandy, remember Elisante Martha from Tanzania? When she came here first, uh, she was telling me, Manuel, I am so bored. In Tanzania, in my village, first thing I do in the morning is I go to a a water hole about 10 kilometers away. I think that's about right if Elisante is watching. Can't correct me right now, but later. Uh, But it takes a couple hours to go get water. Then I bring it back. takes another couple hours. Then I do laundry by hand. I cook for my family, and a 10-hour day is over. Here, the water comes out of a faucet. I open the faucet, I throw my laundry in the laundry machine, and that's it. What am I supposed to do? I'm so bored. And, you know, uh, Honestly, that was kind of cute and made me smile and made me think of this. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form romanticizing life in the two-thirds world, right? We have technolo- technological advances that really, really help us. Um, but what we have to understand is, even though we are may- maybe rich in resources, oftentimes we're short on time. And it has a consequence on our daily life on our spiritual health, okay? And we have to recognize the hurriedness in our lives and the negative effects that it has, right? Uh, And honestly, this is not just about managing your time better. Better time management is important. There's many good tools to manage your time better. But hurry sickness is not primarily a disordered schedule, but a disordered heart. Let me say it again, it's not a disordered schedule, but it has to do with a disordered heart. So the solution goes much deeper than just managing your time better. Okay, we've been talking about this for a while now. Let's do a little diagnostic exercise, okay? Let's see if this hurry sickness is really something that affects us. Is that okay? I'll take you through a couple of things I think there are in your handout. Um, Here are a few symptoms of furry sickness, and if you identify with these, we're going to talk about what we can do about those, okay? Um, The first symptom of furry sickness is that we're haunted by a fear that there are not enough hours in a day to do what needs to be done. How many of you have ever said, like, man, I wish we had like 30 hours in the day or 36 hours in the day? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I know I have, you know, but the reality is it probably won't make a big difference and it would be very unhealthy. But there's this fear that there's not, just not enough time. There is not enough time, right? If you have that, you can put a check next to that in this diagnostic exercise. If you don't, just go like, no, nope, that's not me. I'm very happy with the 24 hours I've been given every day. Okay? Uh, the second point is we will read faster, talk faster, not faster, to make the person that's speaking speed up. Uh, when I was listening to this uh, on the audiobook, I actually had it set at one75 Uh, speed. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Uh, The next thing is that we're simply not good at waiting. Anytime we gotta wait somewhere unexpectedly, we get mad. What? A two-minute delay on the belt line? Let's see if I can get around this, right? Or, why? There's like three people in line here at this checkout. Why don't they open up another checkout line, right? Uh, You know, when you get to a stoplight, is the next point, Uh, if there's two lanes, uh, and there 's one car each parked in uh, front of the lane, uh, not parked, but stopped, stopped at the stoplight. Uh, we kind of look at the cars, we evaluate them by model and make, and guess try to guess which car will leave the stoplight faster once it turns green all right are you ready yeah, good, good, make a check <laughs> okay we 're good uh, then at the grocery store, right this is uh at the checkout it 's the next point uh. We count how many people are in line. You know, maybe we look in their cart and multiply, you know, the items they have in their cart by the time it will take to scan. Maybe if you frequent that grocery store, you know, frequently, like I do the pick and save on the south side, you know that that cashier will always check you up and probably will take five minutes per person because, you know, they're unhurried. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing for them, uh, you know. But uh, if, if we have a really bad case of hurry sickness, we will actually observe the person that was going to be in line where we were going to go in the other line, right? <laughs> and we, uh, we kind of observe, you know, are they going through the line quicker than us? If we get through the line quicker than we chose, we celebrate. Yeah. Yes, we made it. But if they get through the line quicker than us, we're depressed and frustrated. <laughs> Why is this taking so long? <laughs> right. Uh, so last fall, I became an American citizen. USA, USA, no, okay. Uh, and, I, and I remember voting in my first election. So we are on the way to the polling station, and uh, we're turning left onto Olin Drive, and there's this person in front of us, and they're just not turning, even though they should, you know. And I get frustrated and I honk, and finally they go, but I miss my turn because the light turned red. I'm angry, right? I'm frustrated. My wife goes like, what's wrong with you? Why are you, you know... Always oh, so hurried. There's no need to hurry. I, I was like, but I'm frustrated. I could have gotten through this light. Then we get to the polling station, and you know, there's these lovely um, elderly uh, people, volunteers, that are helping. Yeah, that are helping uh, you get your, you know, your what? What is it like? Yeah. Ballot. ballot. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Get your ballot. Are you sure they're allowing you to vote? You don't even know the words. Yes, they do. It's dangerous. Uh, so you get the ballot, right? And so I'm waiting there at the table, and uh, I see my name, and they're like, mm-hmm. "I was like, it's right there," <laughs> and I pointed it, and they're like, "Oh, okay." And my wife, very gently, says to me, "That's rude. Why do you hurry them up? Just let them do their job, right?" And maybe it wasn't so gentle, but uh, she got frustrated with my hurriedness. Um, she's not here today. She. There's a bad migraine again today, so pray, appreciate your prayers for that as well, but she speaks a lot of truth into my life, and certainly helped me identify hurry sickness, and in her masters in spiritual formation, she actually went through this uh, before I did, so she was very aware, and I was very unaware. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she gently or not so gently confronted my hurry sickness, and uh, she was right. All right? Um, a couple other sy- symptoms that I want to Show you one is multitasking, which of course man can't do. I hear I've been told. Oh, it's true, it's like I can look, I can read something on my phone, and listen to you at the same time, right? But then you know why does my wife always think that you know I never listen to her? I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> another symptom of furry sickness is multitasking. You know, again the f- the car is a favorite spot for this. You can observe people drive, eat, drink coffee, put on makeup, change the radio station read an article on their phone while driving, right? And make gestures all at the same time. Right? Yeah. Wonderful. I actually brought you a a little advertisement from the 1990s from Germany. Uh, You can see it's a little older if you look at the phone. Uh, The question is, can you read that, P.G.? Unwerfart. Unwerfart. Yes. Uh, It's an anti-fledulence advertisement. No, it's not. Uh, It means, and who is (laughs) driving? Because this guy is drinking a Lipton iced tea, He's talking on his, you know, uh, high technologically advanced yellow phone in the 90s, flip phone, yeah. I don't even think it's a flip phone. No, it is. It kind of is, yeah. And, uh, and he has a cigarette, right? Uh, of course, if you showed that today in America, it would look a little different with the smartphone and the makeup. And um, This is not sexist, right? I mean, I, I used to wear makeup when I would go to the Gothic club for ministry, contextualized, right? But yeah, exactly. I always got in trouble here for sexism. Okay, uh, but yeah, so it, it, it's, it's a good, uh, it's kind of a joke advertisement, but uh, it shows you, like, you see this all the time these days, right? Uh, multitasking, trying to get more things done than uh, you actually can. Again, is multitasking bad? Not necessarily, but it may show or point to a, a hurry sickness, okay? So uh, the next thing is clutter, clutter, the life of very sick people, lacks simplicity. There's clutter everywhere. You never have time to clean up. I know I have several magazine subscriptions at home. I get them with Macs for miles. So you basically get them for free by using some of your air miles. And they're laying around, and I feel really good about having those magazines in my house, but I never get to read them. <laughs> you know, uh, My favorite way of cleaning uh, the house is taking all the clutter and putting it somewhere in the corner where I don't see it. Um, Actually, again, my wife doesn't like me doing that so much because we can't find anything after I cleaned up. <laughs> right? Uh, the next point... Are you guys still with me? Yep. Okay, okay. Next sarcastic comment. Three, two, one, here comes. Nice shirt, I like it. The next one is uh, superficiality. Superficiality. Richard Foster uh, writes that superficiality is the curse of our age. And this is because depth comes slowly. Building relationships requires time. Going deeper with people requires you to have availability and actually take time. Maybe you even feel that when you come here. You know, five to ten, you come in, two to ten, grab a bagel real fast. All you can do, all you have time for is a superficial smile. How are you? Great. Right? I feel that awkwardness sometimes, but what can you do about it? I don't know what the solution is, but it, well, it the solution is to take time to Um, you know, maybe have small groups outside of here to have availability, to take time to connect, right? Um, That's what I love in Japan when we're there for church. They always have lunch together afterwards. (laughs) It's always fun and tasty, but requires somebody to step up and do it, so it's not that easy, right? Um, And here is the point that was most convicting to me when I went through this. Hurriedness produces an inability to love. Hurriedness produces an inability to love. Yeah, as I said, when I went through this in my course, this convicted me the most. Uh, hurried people cannot love. Love always takes time, and time is one thing hurried people don't have. So, because of that hurried people cannot love. And That really hit me, and I tried to make some changes. And then uh, one other syndrome that comes along with this, is that the right word, symptom syndrome, is uh, sunset fatigue. Let's have a look at sunset fatigue, because this is the one that's probably the most painful as you think about these things. Uh, Lewis Grant, who writes about these uh, conditions as well, calls this sunset sunset fatigue. It's this thing that when you come home after a long day, uh, you're so burned out, you're so spent, you're so tired, you're so exhausted that you don't have time for those that you made the greatest promises to, that those that you are called to love the most only get your leftovers. You know what I'm talking about? Sunset fatigue is when you're just too tired and drained or preoccupied to love your family well. Um, I brought a little checklist again for us to take a look at sunset fatigue and evaluate where we're at. Uh, Let's go through those points and uh, see where we go from here, okay? Uh, So this has to do with, with sunset fatigue. I think this is in your notes, and it's also up here on the screen. The first point is, you find yourself rushing even if there is no reason to. Find yourself rushing even if there is no reason to. I do that all the time, you know? I'm just like, I have plenty of time today, and yet I find myself speeding or driving fast or, you know, rushing through the day, always like in a hurry. Come on, kids, come on, go in. Go in the car. Put the seatbelts on. Right? It's like, why do I feel always under, you know, electricity or whatever? Like, why do I always feel like I have to rush and rush and rush and I cannot stop? Okay. Uh, The second point is there's always this underlying tension that causes sharp words, or sibling quarrels, or road rage. You know, the smallest thing sets us off. It's always this tension that is there. Um, The third thing is uh, you set up mock races. Mock races just for your own self, so you can get through it. Okay, kids, let's see who can take a bath the fastest. Okay, let's see who can be at the car fastest and be you know, buckled in with the seatbelt. <laughs> Anybody do that? No, just me? Okay, cool. Uh, the other thing is you lose a sense of gratitude and wonder. You know, this proverbial stop-and-smell-the-roses kind of a deal. Like, what, there's roses? <laughs> you know. Uh, You you lose your sense of loss and gratitude and wonder. uh, And you can see how this would be very detrimental to spiritual life, right? Where we connect with God, where we practice gratefulness, where we invite joy in our lives for gratefulness. Um, And the last one is you indulge in self-destructive escapes from fatigue. Abusing alcohol, watching too much TV, wasting time on your phone or tablet. All right, so... As we've gone through this, my question is, where are you at with this? Do you identify hurry sickness in your life? You know, how are you scoring on the sunset fatigue? (laughs) I I hear that laugh. It's kind of, yep. mm -hmm. So hurry is the great enemy to spiritual life because it kills love. Hurry is behind much of the anger and frustration of modern life. Hurry prevents us from receiving love from the Father and giving it to His children. You know, when I read all this for the first time, I said I felt very convicted. Um, Everything I just talked about described me to a T. And I knew I needed help. And I found a few simple practices that actually did help me that I want to share with you today. Okay. The good news is we can become unhurried people, we can become patient people. Now if you have hurry sickness, you got to know this is not a very fast process. It's a very slow process and I'm still very much in that process. Um, Some days are better, some are worse, but God is committed to us because He wants us to receive His love and give His love, amen? So curing hurry sickness. This is really an invitation to training. Start out small, right? Don't expect change overnight. But uh, basically, to cure hurry sickness, we have to put ourselves in a place where we simply have to wait. <sighs> Sounds horrible, right? <laughs> so I have a few tips or a few challenges for you that you can write down or you know, maybe one of them resonates with you. The first one is, over, ne- over the next month, deliberately drive in the slow lane. I have actually let some of our staff into this and uh, they noticed that they actually didn't arrive anywhere later, but they felt much less stressed. Uh, as drivers pass you in their hurry sickness and you say a prayer for them, you know, because you were just like that last week, <laughs> um, for a week or two, eat your food slowly, mindful eating, Right? Be aware of the flavors and the blessings that it is that you have this food. You know, maybe decide that you won't eat while walking. Nothing wrong with it, but if you want to cure hurry sickness, take your time, sit down, take a breather. It's also a matter of trust, right? Can the world go on without me? Does God have your world? Right? That's what the Jews were doing when they practiced the Sabbath. Can the world go on without me? Can I trust God? Um, For the next month at the grocery store, put yourself intentionally in the longest line and maybe let somebody go in front of you. I know it sounds like torture, right? But these are the practices that changed my life. Uh, I came across this idea when we lived in temporary housing over on the east side uh, before our house was finished. We were there for about three and a half months. And every morning, I had to take the kids down to Franklin and Randall Elementary School, which is, of course, near Southside and by Camp Randall, uh, in the thickest Madison morning traffic. And every morning, I decided, I'm not going to be hurried hurry today. Yep, we're a little late, but we're just going to, you know, go with the flow. It's going to be okay. And I tell you, my days were noticeably different. I found myself being much more patient and much less stressed, which is exactly what I needed at that time. It changed my attitude towards the drivers around me. And it also helped me understand triggers because sometimes I would still get mad. And normally it was with people were doing something stupid and I wanted to speed up, drive next to them, look at them, right? Yeah. But uh, I was like, why do I feel this? Wow, I would have never noticed if I had just been hurried and done it automatically, right? Yeah, we all need forgiveness and, and grace and every now and then maybe be pulled over, right? Right? I don't know. <laughs> okay. As mentioned before, Jesus would frequently withdraw to a place of solitude to be with the Father and get away from all the demands that were on His life. You know, so if He did, what makes us think that we don't need this? I actually have attached a uh, handout from Ortberg with a suggested schedule of a day of uh, solitude. If you can ever find just one day in a year, The Jews did it every week, right? A Sabbath. This can be your Sabbath. Find one day where you get away to a place of solitude. You can go through those points in this handout. This is just a suggestion. You don't have to do it like this. As part of our course, we actually had to do a 24-hour silent retreat, which I really dreaded. I really did. Because if I don't do anything, I feel like I'm not worthwhile. You know, if I don't do anything, then who's going to do it? Which shows my my lack of uh, trusting God, right? And... uh, 24 hours, went up to a lake house, did a silent retreat, just got an eye, wrote about it. It was excruciating at times, but it also was very healing. And So if you find time, this isn't even overnight, this is just like, what is this, like 8 hours, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., this is like a concept you can follow and see what it does in your life. Okay. So those are the things I wanted to share with you today. Um, I hope it's helpful for you, changed my life. And uh, as the worship team comes up to help us connect with God, um, I want to encourage you: pray about what you can do to become less hurried, to love more deeply, and to connect with God in a new way, in a deeper way. You know, where do you need, where do you recognize a need for slowing down, so you can receive the love of the Father? Yeah. So let us enter into this time of training to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Amen.
0: So, how many of you feel challenged? How many feel like he's been following you around and watching you? <laughs> Man. <laughs> and this is, this is one of those things that's not sort of static. It's, it's you know, it's in flux and some of these things we get down for a while and we're doing well at and all of a sudden it ebbs and flows and it comes back and you find yourself caught up in it let's stand together and we're just gonna this is our time to respond to the father and to respond to the challenges and to sort of work some things out in our own heart Um, this is that part of our service if you're new to Metro Believers Church we have response time Um, rather than just saying amen and have a great day we we choose to sort of carve out 3 or 4 maybe 5 minutes and just worship the Lord and let that settle in our heart so let's do-